The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. I just had to hit record on my camera and record on the audio at the same time. And that was aerobic. I'm winded. Where were we? Welcome back to The Bad Broadcast. I am your head broad in charge, Maddie Murphy. Hi, how are you? Good. Glad that you're here. So typically at the beginning of episodes, we do a segment called Love Hate, where I tell you guys three things I'm loving this week and three things I'm hating. But we're mixing it up this week. Because we have so much to talk about, we have we have a lot to get through, and I just need to dive into these because today, my lovely angels, we are talking about the pettiest thing that you have ever done. So here's the thing. I feel like I've gotten to know you guys. I feel like we've gotten to know each other over the last year, right? We've shared family drama, bad dates, breakups, friendships, work stories. We've laughed. We've cried. But reading your petty stories the pettiest thing you've ever done. It really, really took us to a whole new level. This is where you really get to know somebody. Make sure that you are asking people this. When you're on dates or you're, you know, fostering a friendship, make sure you know this about them because I think it says a lot about a person. Never in my life, never in the history of the bad broadcast have I ever wanted to use so many stories from a single prompt. So we may have to make this a usual topic. What's the word I'm looking for? Recurring recurring topic. Because if I love anything about you guys, it's your capacity to be just the loveliest people ever while simultaneously being the most vicious, petty revenge seekers I've ever known. And I love that about you. I have several petty things I do. I have told this story before, but I saw on the Nordstrom app that they had these boots that I wanted in a size 11, which literally never happens. So I went into Nordstrom and I was like, hey, I, I need to buy these shoes. The app says you have them. And the lady was like, no, we have never carried size 11. We wouldn't carry size 11 in those. And I was like, but the app says, and she's like, the app's wrong. And I'm like, well, what would happen if I just ordered it on here and like got, had it pick up? She's like, well, we would just refund you because we don't have them. And I was like, okay. So I did. I ordered them on the app. I stayed in the store and I ordered them on the app. And I went to the counter up for like pickup. And I told them that I needed them. And then they went and got them from the back. And I put them on in front of the lady who told me they would never have them. And I actually kind of feel bad about this. This was only like eight months ago. And I feel really, I don't know, I, I felt really good at the time. And then now I think about it and I, I feel bad. But I just feel like I've been through a lot of shoe shopping turmoil because my feet are big. And whenever I would go shopping with someone, they'd be like, let's go look at the shoes. And I'd be like, yeah. And the only section that would have anything even close to my shoe size would be like the orthopedic Velcro shoes that aren't even in boxes. They're just hung on a rack next to like compression socks. So when I did that eight months ago at Nordstrom, I was just healing my inner child. Okay, back off. I also, I always got referred to the men's section. Like I was like a 15 year old girl shopping with my friends and I'd find like a pair of Nikes or a pair of Vans, like something that's typically has unisex sizing. And I'd ask them for my size and they'd be like, no, you got to go look at the men's section. And it was humiliating at the time. I mean, I'm over it now, kind of. Here I am at the age of almost 30 talking about it. 
But anyway, by far the pettiest thing about me is my driving. Like if somebody follows me too close, I will slow down. I have slowed down to like 40 miles an hour on the freeway just for this reason. Could I have died? Absolutely. But I was faced with a difficult choice because it was either like let it go and live and move on or be petty and possibly die. And I don't know. While it was a difficult decision, I do feel like I made the right choice. Another petty thing I do, I turn off my location if Matt and I are in a tiff. In a, in a, I don't know why I said tiff. I should have just said fight. I feel like married people do that all the time. They like don't want to say, oh, we got in a fight because it just sounds too harsh. So they're like, we just got, we got in a discussion. We just, I do that all the time and I don't know why we fight. So yeah, when we're in a fight, um, I turn off my location and I just want him to worry just like a little bit. And I thought that this was a real stinger because he's probably just like at home. He's worrying. He's hoping that I call soon, hoping that I come home soon. And I worry about him all the time. Like if Matt turned off his location on his phone, I would know within probably four to five minutes. That's how often I check it. So I figured it's fair. And the other night I actually came clean to him. I told him that I do this. I was like, yeah, when we fight, I turn off my location. He didn't even know that he had my location. He has never once checked it. It has never entered his mind at any point during any day to wonder where I was, not a thought behind the eyes. So I had been putting all this effort into this petty behavior and he never even knew. So that one hurt, ended up hurting my feelings pretty bad on that one. That was my own doing, granted. But my next petty move is actually a marriage hack. So Matt plays PlayStation and it doesn't really bother me. My my brother's always played video games growing up, so sometimes I like to watch it. I like more certain games more than others. For any husbands that are listening, <laughs> no, I shouldn't do that. I was going to say Matt's Matt's gamer tag and now I felt weird about it. But if your husband really does want it, I'll I'll DM. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like recruiting a horde of gamers for Matt, but anyway, I like some games that he plays. I dislike others. And I hate FIFA. FIFA's the soccer game. I mean it sincerely when I say I want to burn EA Sports, it's in the game, to the ground. I hate it. I hate FIFA. It's one of the most unbearable video games to watch. So to get Matt to play other video games and to make him not want to play FIFA in front of me, I started doing this. When he, t- when he turns on FIFA and he starts playing, every time he messes up, I get really, I like get offended. Like he'll like get scored on and I'll be like, babe, are you serious? are you kidding me? Or he'll like lose the ball or whatever. And I'll be like, come on, come on. You got to play better than that. Like acting like I'm really upset that he's like not playing well. So when you do this before you know it, they never want to play when you're around. (laughs) So really, I kind of think we should consider pettiness just resourcefulness, you know, but let's get into your answers. And after you listen to this episode, If you're listening to this, the day it comes out, I believe it's the 27th of September that this episode is coming out. Go to my Instagram story and vote. Submit your vote for who should be crowned Petty Petty Princess. I said this when I announced the prompt for the week, but I named this Petty Petty Princess after the game Pretty Pretty Princess. Did anybody else have a a very core memory attached to that? that? How disappointing was it to get that that black ring? You always knew you were going to lose when it happened. Let's begin your submissions. First up, she says, my mom is the queen of petty. 
I had meningitis as a baby, and apparently a doctor told her I would never be able to read due to cognitive delays caused by the infection, I guess. Anyway, allegedly he told her not to bother trying to teach me things. I found out a few years ago she sent him copies of my report cards and standardized test results via mail until I graduated from high school. Love her. That woman can hold a grudge. I got to say, I'm no doctor. I know that's really hard for a lot of people to believe, but I do feel it's responsible to clarify that, that I am not a doctor. But it doesn't seem like very sound medical advice to tell a parent to not even bother teaching your child anything. It seems like that one we may have figured out quite some time ago that like basically 100% of the time, children do better when their parents like bother, like bother to teach them something. I wonder if he keeps getting this mail like at his office and his employees are like, why do you keep getting this random girl's report cards? He's probably made up some lie like, oh, I saved her life. And like, I just like to keep in touch. But really deep down, he knows it's because he gave a mother actual advice of not even bothering to teach your child something that would make me mad. So I think your mom's a queen for that one. All right. Next, she says, I borrowed some film equipment in college and forgot that I had it because I put it in my trunk and I never opened my trunk. I had it for weeks longer than I should have, so I figured the late fee would be pretty bad. I went in to return it and the girl said that I probably could get it waived since I had never since I've never had any other late fees and I brought back all the equipment. She was super nice, so I didn't worry about it. A couple weeks later, I get a call from a professor who yelled at me and told me he wouldn't be waiving my late fee because I was irresponsible and stupid and leaving the equipment in the trunk could have damaged it. I was crying because he was yelling at me and I asked him if it was damaged and he said, no, but I'm going to teach you a lesson and you won't be able to sign up for classes next semester until you pay the $300 plus fee. So instead of paying the fee, I just dropped out of school and never went back. I'm not paying more than my rent for something that wasn't even broken. (laughs) Never test, never test how low the bar is when it comes to things that will make a millennial drop out of college. I didn't like one of my classes one semester. So instead of changing the class, I just dropped out and I never went back. That being said, I do think we need to reevaluate the the whole college concept anyways. <laughs> Am I alone in thinking that? Like, it doesn't seem right that it's like, cool, so I can get tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars into debt to attend a university. And I hate the experience so much that I hope I get hit by a car in the parking lot while walking to class so I don't have to go inside. Like, it doesn't seem great. It doesn't seem like it's going great for everybody. I actually, I dropped out a few times. I mean, I would like drop all my classes and say I wasn't going back. And then I would panic and not know what I was doing with my life. So I would re-enroll. And one time I got my license suspended because I had too many tickets. And I had a ride to school like every day, like my roommates could take me, my siblings, my parents, like I could have done it. But instead, I just dropped out. I didn't want to get a ride for like two weeks. And so I just never went back. I mean, and honestly, it would have taken much less for me to drop that semester. Okay, next. If there is a boy that has wronged me, I do my best to befriend every single important female in his life. His mom, his sister, his girlfriend, his next door neighbor. I will take you down from the inside. And you know what? There's nothing we love more than fostering female friendships. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? So I think this is a good move. All right. She says, 
When I finally left my ex-husband, I left him the nice Christmas tree we, we, we bought, but I took the feet. Every year I unbox them with my Christmas decor and it makes my petty heart so happy. Minor inconveniences are absolutely essential when it comes to petty behavior. You're not trying to like ruin someone's life. Actually, some of you are. Some of you are trying to ruin someone's life, but you just want the person that you're getting revenge on to have like completely unnecessary inconveniences in their life. Like you want them to have to complete five extra annoying steps. Like for example, her ex now will go get the Christmas tree out, notice that the feet are gone, search everywhere for them, not be able to find them, go to Home Depot to try and find a replacement, learn that only the tree company sells them, call them, wait on hold with customer service, then order new feet, then wait for them to get there, and then realize he ordered the wrong size. Doesn't that just bring you joy? It's so much joy and none of the crime. Nothing illegal here happened. Nobody's going to jail and nobody's hurt. But it just, it's so satisfying. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by HydroJug. You guys, you got to get your hands on the water bottle everybody's talking about. I know you've seen them everywhere. Everybody's posting about them. And I'm here to tell you that they are as good as they say. It is the Hydro Jug. It is one of my new favorite items. It's with me at all times. It's next to me as we speak. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than half a gallon of water. So you will stay hydrated all day long. Did you hear that? It holds a half gallon of water. So you can say goodbye to filling up your tiny bottle every hour and hello to your hydro jug. It also has a leak-proof seal, a wide mouth opening. It's dishwasher safe because anything that's not dishwasher safe these days simply will not do. Not to mention it comes in a shatterproof bottle, so it will withstand anything life throws at you. Again, mine stays with me all the time. It holds a ton of water, a ton of ice. It has room for fruit. It's so easy. I also have the sleeve, so it's really easy to carry around, and it's cute. It's black, got cheetah print on it, and I got the straws, which I love. So you can get your hydro jug at www.dehydrojug.com. You can use my discount code BAD, B-A-D, to get 10% off of your order today. Hydro jugs are game changers for anyone on the go. Again, use the code BAD at www.dehydrojug.com to get 10% off and start hydrating today. Creeps, cults, ghosts, guys named Jerry. This is your one-stop shop. If you like all that weird shit, join me. I'm Casey Balsham. I'm a comedian and I am fascinated by dark, twisty, and shady ass shit. On the Shady Shit Podcast, we're going to cover all the topics ranging from living in a haunted house to dating app scammers to Lizzie Borden and everything in between. Every Friday, I'm going to break down well-known and little-known stories that are sure to induce just a bit of discomfort. I am so looking forward to making your weeks just a little bit weirder. All right, uh, next, she says, my ex always left his car unlocked, so I snuck in and stole his parking pass, so his car got towed from his apartment. He cheated on me, and he never knew it was me. Careful, because he might get mad at you after you have to help pay for it. Just kidding. That's what my ex did. I guess the pettiest thing I've ever done is start a podcast and talk about all of the horrible things that my ex has done. It was worth it though. Highly recommend. Next. She says, when my ex went around telling horrendous lies about why we broke up, 
I went around to all the places he had loyalty points and I used them like the movie theater, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, Target, because I still knew his passwords and his phone number there. Okay. Let me tell you why I'm so in support of this, because there should be some type of compensation program for dating. I, I love when I see people like Venmo requesting their exes for like wasting their time. I saw a TikTok of a girl who she charged her ex $100 on Venmo. Like, and the memo was like for breaking my heart or something. But she accidentally hit pay <laughs> instead of request. So he dumped her and then he got paid for it. However, I mean, I do think that using their loyalty points is a little bit different. I feel like that's, I don't know, it feels like fair game. I do that to my mom. I use all my mom's loyalty points <laughs> and she hates it. I don't do it out of pettiness though. It's only out of greed. Don't worry. All right, next, she says, my roommate, who I did not like, would talk about me behind my back and be buddy-buddy to my face, you know, like the fake ones usually do. She was making food one night, and I got so fed up with her that when she went into her bedroom to wait for her food to be done, I unplugged the microwave she was using for her food and brought it into my room and (laughs) locked my door. (laughs) I had bought the microwave, so it was only fair to do that, right? I love the petty things that end up being so inconvenient for the person doing them. Like, it doesn't even matter, though, because when you get a little bit of glory, it's worth it. Like, keeping the microwave in your room seems, like, not convenient. Well, maybe it's actually way more convenient. I don't know. I just don't feel like I would want my room to smell like the microwave all the time. Like, radioactive cheese. That's what my microwave smells like anyways. But it's worth it, you know? Even if it's a huge hassle and you got to carry an entire microwave oven into your room. I get it. Uh, (laughs) Okay, next. Um, okay. I created a fake Instagram account to hate on one person. It's my brother-in-law's, <laughs> it's my brother-in-law's girlfriend. She was terrible. The whole family loved her, especially my mother-in-law, but I knew she was just the worst. Was I jealous? Maybe. Did she look like Nala from the Lion King? And I just had to, <laughs> just had to be taken care of. Absolutely. I was too afraid to do anything mean. So whenever she posted, I would just comment a thumbs down emoji nothing else. I didn't want to be mean, but it just brought so much satisfaction sitting around the dinner table, knowing that it was me and she had no idea. Honestly, I don't even know if she cared or even saw them, but it made me feel better. And it was a good outlet when the rest of the family didn't understand how terrible she was for him. Just the thumbs down on every photo. Oh, I don't know why I love that so much. It's so much effort. It's, it's again, so much effort for a little reward, but the little reward is so sweet. All right. Uh, next she says, I was hosting a nice sit down breakfast for a bunch of girls, one of which had really done me dirty. Anyway, I peed in her drink and served it to her. Apparently it wasn't enough to be noticeable because she drank it all down. Juice, urine and all. I was dying inside. To this day, it is the meanest and most petty thing I've done. I've only told three people ever. Okay, I'm not judging you. Like, live your live your best life if this is if this is what you want to do. But I am between sixty and seventy percent sure that somebody could can't this like kill someone. Okay, that that's probably dramatic. I doubt you can actually die, but it definitely does not seem safe. It seems like a, a it seems like diseased in some way. See, some of you are slightly more intense than others. One time, I think it was a really common one. A lot of people do this. It's like signing your ex up for like spam emails. And that feels pretty mild to me. I feel like 
everybody should do that to people they don't like or like fake Craigslist ads or something like that. But a few of you got dangerous. A few of you got a little too punk rock for your own good because I I just don't think that you should probably be letting somebody drink your pee. But what do I know? Okay. She says, the summer after my senior year, I worked in an arcade at a local amusement park. It was pretty boring most of the time because I worked alone, but I got to bring my own CDs to listen to on the provided boombox. So that was cool. What year is this? What year is this if we're saying boombox? To this day, I'm not sure why I did this, but every time a kid wanted to use their tickets to get a prize and they were a couple tickets short, I told them they didn't have enough and I (laughs) just to pick a different prize. I guess it made me feel good to see some little nine-year-old disappointed. The saddest part was that lots of people throughout the day would have tickets left over after cashing them in. And I used them to buy myself temporary SpongeBob tattoos instead of letting the kids pick more, the more expensive prize. I saved all my tattoos to make a sleeve for Halloween, but I forgot about it and never used any of them. Okay. Wow. First of all, are you okay? What is going on? Are you Sid from Toy Story, all grown up? Possibly. But let's really dig into this. Okay, first of all, you wouldn't let the kids get a prize, even if they were just a couple tickets short. <laughs> it's just really put the company first there. It doesn't want doesn't to skimp on any expenses. And also would steal kids extra tickets, telling them that they spent them all and then hoarding them. But also, why did you have to pay in tickets? Didn't you work there? Couldn't you have just like, well, I mean, I guess I was going to say you probably could have just taken one. I don't mean to encourage stealing. I've already gotten in trouble for that on the podcast. Pretty sure I got a one-star review because I told somebody I type in gala apples when I actually buy Honeycrisp, but I digress. Um, So that's weird. And then you save them up for SpongeBob tattoos and then you forgot about them for Halloween. This took us on a lot of turns, but it might be one of my faves. Moving right along. She says, about five years ago, my on-again, off-again boyfriend and I broke up for good. I knew it was for good, but it still sucked thinking of him dating and talking to girls. Well, like a month after the breakup, I see that he posts this picture on Instagram that he looked really good in. Keep in mind, he is the type of guy that has three pictures on his Instagram from seven years ago. So I knew this was him putting himself out there again. At one point in our relationship, he had given me his password to his Spotify. The password password was football321. Men are clueless. Anyway, I decided to try that Spotify password to his Instagram and voila, I was in. I proceeded to delete the Instagram post to which he kept posting, (laughs) which he kept posting thinking Instagram was deleting it by accident. In the next three days, he tried to post it like 10 times (laughs) with a different caption each time. I also deleted any DM he got from a girl in the next month for the next month. Anyway, I think he eventually changed his password and I couldn't get in. Was this petty or was I just crazy and jealous? Probably the second, but still funny to think about years later. He's probably he was probably raging about it to his friends. You could just picture being like, bro, you got to help me post this pic. It's not loading. I just feel like you should never you should never question a woman's ability to take you down via social media. We are the MySpace generation. You know what you had to be able to do if you wanted to have a MySpace? Code. I was on the dark web finding out how to type code that would turn into icons of Seth Cohen for my profile. You think that women can't hack into an Instagram? We have been training for this. Sharp left turn. Are you guys still working with Finstas? I don't have one that I post on, but I do have one that I use to stalk people. It's my deepest secret. 
it I'll never reveal it. I think I think I've told one person. Unfortunately, Instagram made it so that when somebody blocks you, it also blocks every profile that you make. So all the people I want to stalk that have blocked me, I still can't. So basically, I just use it to look at random people's profiles, but like incognito. It feels like an adrenaline rush. I can't explain it. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? Are you a little bit depressed? You a little bit anxious? I know I am. We all are. It's good to ask for help. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can find the particular expertise you need online, and you don't have to limit yourself to the counselors located near you. Anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So I want you to start living a happier life. I want you to get the help that you need. As a listener of the Bad Broadcast, you will get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp.com bad. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash bad. All right, next. She says, once a guy cheated on me, so I stuffed shrimp into his shower curtain rod and put it back. To this day, I imagine him searching for rotting shellfish smell, and it gives me the warm and fuzzies. Is everybody taking notes on this one? I heard a variation of this a few times. Like I saw, I heard like fish in the car or fish under his bed or one girl just threw a fish at someone's house because she was too scared to put it anywhere else. But shrimp in the shower rod is a whole new level and it's so steamy in there. And you know, oh, we have to move on because it's actually, it's actually grossing me out. Okay. She says, I have a sister-in-law who's kind of the worst. Very self-centered, gets pouty when not the center of attention, loves to bring up how skinny she is, etc. So I was helping my mom with a family Christmas card as she was using a picture from my wedding. I submitted the family picture where my sister-in-law's eyes were closed. I don't feel too bad about it. I think you should not feel bad about it because you know anyone who feels hot in a Christmas card is not to be trusted. I swear, like the two ugliest places I exist are in Christmas cards or in the chair when I'm getting my hair done and my hair is wet. It's inevitable that you're just going to look bad in both of these places. I swear I like the way I look and then family pictures roll around. But it builds character to be ugly in a Christmas card. It does. I remember my junior year of high school, we took family pictures and I didn't see the one that my mom picked until after they were printed. And I hated it so bad. I cried for hours. Has anyone literally anyone ever looked at a Christmas card for more than 11 seconds? No. But did I think that the purpose of our Christmas card was so that a long lost family friend who had a son my age could see me and instantly fall in love? 
Yes, that is what I thought. I really thought I th- I thought that the Christmas card was like my time to find the love of my life. Mind you, the Christmas card went to like my grandparents and like our four really old neighbors. But I viewed it as my own personal Tinder. So, you know, maybe it'll give her a, a sense of humor about it. If she just looks bad in one Christmas card, it's good for the soul. All right, next up, she says, one of my best friends just graduated from West Point, the top army school, and it's very, very hard to get into, and most people drop out the first week. I'm dropping out of regular college in the first week, man. If I was going to West Point, I don't give myself more than three and a half minutes. All right, uh, she goes on. Her dad years ago got into West Point and dropped out. She told her dad that she was going to prove that she was more of a man than he is. So she enrolled and was one of the top of her class at graduation. The only reason she applied was to prove she was more of a man than her dad. The commitment. The commitment is unmatched. I wouldn't even go on a light jog to prove a point. So to attend West Point and finish at the top of your class, that is the deepest commitment to pettiness I've ever seen. This one has my vote. This one has my vote. That's my petty label. That's my petty boop. My petty, petty West Point princess. It'll be tough to top that one. All right, next. She says, there was this girl named Eliza, not her real name, that was rude to my best friend. So on my best friend's birthday, I just commented fart on like 50 of Eliza's Instagram pictures as myself. Didn't even bother to use a burner. <laughs> Again, so inconvenient. So weird. But that is that is a true friend. But the reason this falls into the petty category rather than the rude category is because like if somebody commented fart on all my pictures, like I would not feel I would not feel bullied. Please don't do it. But I want I I don't feel like this is like cyberbullying. Like you're not making a fake account to like message her horrible things. So that's why it's petty. Nobody's nobody's really getting hurt unless you're peeing in people's drinks, in which case I can't help you there. All right, next. She says, when a guy told me he felt like I was using him for his money, which was not true, I calculated every cent he had ever spent on dates slash gifts, et cetera, and I delivered it in cash to his house, hundreds of dollars over the f- over a few month period. I knew he wouldn't accept it, but I wanted to prove a passive aggressive point. Joke's on me. He broke up with me and he did keep the money. I, I am always baffled when guys think that girls are using them for their money. Like you work at T-Mobile three days a week nobody's using you for your money. Like, dude, just because you love Elon Musk does not mean that every girl is using you for your money. Like you have $1,500 in Bitcoin. You're not that cool. Nobody's using you. Nobody cares. Get over it. Next one. She says, my ex-friend lied to me about having stage four stomach cancer. So I texted his mom and said, I'm so sorry to hear about your son's cancer. Needless to say, I got an apology text a few minutes later saying he was misdiagnosed. He's like, I'm literally in the doctor's office. Four minutes ago, they told me I had stomach cancer. But what do you know? It was a misdiagnosis. Glad we got that cleared up. I want to ask one thing. Why are we not tattling more? More mothers should be contacted. They're all on Facebook now. It can't be that hard. We can all find our our ex booty calls mother. And I feel like we should be tattletailing. Tattle, tattletailing? or tattletelling. Oh no. When I get caught live on the air in a dum-dum club, I don't even know what that is. A tattletale. I think it's tail. Actually, you know what? I'll just give it a light Google. It is. Tattletale. It's tattletale. Tattletailing just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. All right. Now that I've said that word plenty of times, next up, she says, I have a hard time with my mother-in-law and my baby cries whenever she holds her and I low-key 
thoroughly enjoy it. Low risk, high reward, training your child right. Next up, she says, I had a boss that called me too emotional. So I started a brand called Crying Club, just to girl boss her out of the atmosphere. This is a big old shout out to Kat. I don't know if you guys have seen Crying Club on Instagram, but it is the cutest brand. It's owned by a girl named Kat. And now we know that it was born out of pettiness. I have one of their sweatshirts. I feel like I've posted about it before. And it says it's okay to cry. They're really cute. Anyway, now we all need one. When I was reading through all of these stories, basically all of them, the quote, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, it kept coming to mind, which is obviously entirely true. Hell hath no fury like a woman who's on her way to girl boss gatekeep gaslight. So I looked up this quote because I wanted to know more about it. You guys, I thought this quote was in the Bible. I thought that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned came from the Bible. I have obviously never read the Bible. But did you guys know that? Am I alone in thinking that? I don't know. I guess I just figured everything that says hath is probably from the Bible. But no, this is from a play by William Congreve called The Morning Bride in 1697. There's a little fun fact for you. Not sure if that is useful information at all, but we're just learning a lot here today. Okay. Next, she says, I started a rumor about my two best friends being a couple because they were becoming closer friends with each other rather than me. I stand by what I said. Being left out feels the same now as it did at age eight. When you're in a trio and your two besties start getting too close without you, ouch. I don't like that. But also, maybe they were falling in love and good for them. We love a friends turned lovers storyline. Okay, next, she says, I once had a roommate who during a conversation about marriage and how gross men can be, went on and on about how her husband will never pee in the shower and how she'd know and make him pay for it. She thought it was the grossest thing in the world. Well, I'd never peed in the shower in my life at this point, but guess who peed in the shower from then on? Never said a word. I'm only 97% sure she didn't know, but it felt so satisfying. I bring this to your attention because I would like to talk about peeing in the shower. What a topic. It is more hotly debated than my peeing in the pool debate. Here's my thing with peeing in the pool. I never said it's not gross. I do think it's gross. I just think everybody's lying when they say they haven't done it. It's like people who pick their nose. We've, we've all done it. You've all wiped a booger underneath your car, car seat. Car seat? Your front, the front seat of your car. That's all I'm saying about that. But here's what I have to say about peeing in the shower. I don't want to live in a world where things like camping are more acceptable than peeing in the shower. People literally hike in the mountains, in the dirt, pee in shrubs, get it all over themselves, keep walking, sleep outside, do it five more times, and then sleep in their pants that are probably full of pee. But they won't pee in a drain and get rinsed off right after. I just don't find peeing in the shower gross. Maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know. Nobody tells you that when you start a podcast, you're going to share intimate details about where you pee. But here we are. So maybe I don't have a normal like gauge of what is gross or not. I mean, that's there's there's a really high possibility that that's what's going on. But I don't think it's that gross. Okay, next up, she says, I created a fake phone number to text my boyfriend posing as a random girl to see if he would give in to her seductive ways. A lot of texting weirdness going on in these petty these petty revenge stories. Like a lot of people uh, like changing names in phone books or giving people phone numbers for like their friends and then text. I don't know, just weird stuff like that. Again, low harm. I, I feel it's low harm. All right, next up, she says, my friends and I would literally 
knock people's fence down if they did something we didn't like in high school. Have you ever heard of the term fencing? Anyway, if we, (laughs) sorry, I'm trying to think. I've never heard of anybody doing this. Fencing, weird. Anyway, if we ran into the smallest inconvenience with somebody, i.e. a boy Snapchatting another girl or they didn't ask us to a dance, et cetera, we would pack 10 plus girls into someone's car late at night dressed in all black, line up on the road facing their fence and run full speed at their fence and knock it completely down. Why we thought we were getting even with a 16-year-old high school kid and not their poor parents who had to spend the money to replace the fence, I will never know. I feel horrible to this day. That is the thing about high school pranks is that it always affects the parents way more. Like when my brothers were in high school and they were like dating girls and the girls would like come toilet paper at my parents' house. That never happened to me because nobody ever liked me in high school. Nobody ever liked me enough to like break up with me and then toilet paper me. So... But I was with my brothers a lot. And it was always so much worse for my parents. Like we would have to go to school and then my parents would spend the day like cleaning up the yard. It was it was horrible. Next up, she says, when I was seven months pregnant, my mother-in-law asked what I was going to name my daughter. After I told her, she turned to my father-in-law and said, I guess we'll just have to wait for a different grandchild to be named after us. What a weird thing to get offended at. Let me just interject here. It's probably going to be my thoughts about the whole thing. What a weird thing. Like, Naming your child after somebody is like a huge decision. And a lot of times people over the age of like 30 right now don't have great names. So it's weird to get offended at that. Anyway, she says, I guess we'll have to wait for a different grandchild to be named after us. Um, I told my sister-in-law who seemed horrified that she hadn't thought to name her child after our mother-in-law. No, I will not be manipulated. Now, none of my children will bear either of their names. Last name is enough. And I'll never tell my husband that's the purpose behind my children's names. I've now planned names around how to best snub them with my children's names. Even if I never have enough children to use all the names, I feel it's good therapy to use for the rest of my life. You should name them after your parents. I feel like that. I feel like there's always like a, a bride's parents and groom's parents feud over like baby names. You should name them after your parents. That's what I would do. Uh, All right. She says, I was mad at my stepmom for spending my dad's money. Yeah, I know they're married, but whatever on her grandkids. I came to visit and there was a brand new little bicycle for her granddaughter, took a knife and slashed the tire. (laughs) I'm telling you, you guys are out here slashing toddlers tires. The pettiness, the pettiness really does. No, no bounds. Next up, she says, (laughs) all right, next. She says, I lived in a house with 10 girls in college, and with that came a lot of friends and friends of friends, et cetera, in and out of our house. My friend's friend ended up stealing several textbooks and stealing them and selling them back to the bookstore at the end of the semester. And later on, we learned she was stealing from my friends as well. Clothes, makeup, just random stuff. She definitely got blacklisted, and I literally never saw her again. Fast forward 10 years when Facebook was still fresh and everyone you had ever crossed paths with sent you a friend request. Friend request. That's, I have a couple words that are hard to say because I have fake teeth, and that is one of them. Friend request. I used to have a kind of bad lisp when I had my my real teeth, my, my old teeth, my ex teeth. And so now that I have these teeth, it's just weird. I accepted the kleptomaniac's request, and then I saw she was posting all sorts of suspicious pictures about her life in Florida. 
She was driving around many Cadillacs, going to the beach, etc. Many friends and family were commenting on this photo album. I don't know what possessed me to get revenge on someone who never wronged me, but I spent an hour finding all the Google images she was using in her albums and linking them all back to the original website and posting them all over her Facebook page and making comments like, haha, looks like your life is fake and you're still a thief, etc. <laughs> to this day, I feel a mixture between amazing and cruel for getting revenge on such an old offense that never even happened to me. I'll tell you this. If you have offended a friend of mine at any point in time, I still hate you. <laughs> like I have a couple of friends who have like gotten divorced and I will run into their ex-husbands and it was like years ago and they're remarried and whatever. I will still, I will stare at their ex-husband for just minutes on end until they look over at me and they know that I know that they know that I still hate them. I can't get over it. It is so much harder to forgive people who wrong your friends than it is to forgive people who wrong you. It's so weird, but I like to think it's a strength. So I like this one. All right. We're going to, we're going to end it on this one. This one might be a winner. So my best friend introduced me to this boy in high school, almost sort of as a way to get him off her back because he was basically in love with her. He and I became friends briefly. And then we went a few years without talking up until one day he reached out to me again on Facebook. Long story short, I ended up marrying him which, surprise, ended up being the stupidest decision I've ever made to date in my less than 25-year lifespan. Good news is I have plenty more time to do dumb stuff. <laughs> anyway, he and I were married for three years, and of those, we spent two years separated because he was struggling with mental health issues. It got to the point where I could barely talk to him because he was so mean and controlling. I told him that I wanted a, divor a divorce. After a few days of protest from him, he finally caved and agreed to take the uncontested divorce route. It was going to be several thousand dollars cheaper and we could do it by mail, which was convenient considering that we lived in different states. A few months after I dropped the bomb and tried to get the divorce process rolling, my best friend sends me screenshots of a conversation between her and him. These screenshots are from Facebook Messenger and there was one bit where he told her that he never stopped having romantic, romantic feelings for her even though he was married to me. I know. I cannot make this up. I was more angry than I had ever been in my life. There was another part where he admitted that he had ripped up the divorce papers as soon as he got them in the mail and another part where he said he thought I had cheated on him. I finally understand people who ended up snapping. I called my lawyer, Kevin. You guys know, I always say don't trust a Kevin, but I guess we got a good one. And I told him what happened and asked what to do next. He said that I would want to contact a divorce lawyer. You know who's a divorce lawyer? My best friend's dad. Yep, the father of the girl that my husband had been having an emotional affair with ended up being my divorce attorney. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when he first saw my friend's name on the papers. My ex deserved it, especially after the constant emotional abuse he had subjected me to for three years. And that's the hill I'll happily die on. Anyway, love you. Love the pod. This is your classic lose-lose, lose-lose situation. Everybody lost, which means it was a petty success. All right. That is all we have time for today. But I have a very special announcement. I mean, most of you already know this by now, but next week is the first week in October. That means that the Bood broadcast is beginning. Also, if anybody has a better name, please let me know. I was trying to think of a Halloween theme for the bad broadcast, and I came up with the Bood broadcast, but I'm flexible. If anybody else, just help me out. So that means that the month of October, all of the submitted stories will be focused around supernatural things, haunted things, Halloween or fall themed anything. 
I will let you guys know the prompts on my Instagram story. And also they're not super scary. I have some people that are like, oh, I can't listen because they're really scary. I asked a few people what the scary level was of last year's and the average answer was like five out of 10. So they're not true crime. They're not, you can listen to last year's if you want to get kind of a taste for what they are. So that is starting in October. So keep an eye out for prompts for the whole month of October. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful, wonderful day, week, and I will see you guys next Monday. Be safe, be kind, be hot, get ready for spooky season. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.